Welcome to Honest Retail, the weekly podcast that dishes out the truth about the latest news, trends, and blunders from the CPG, consumer, and retail industries. Now, here are your hosts, Cameron McCarthy, Taylor Foxman, and Carlton Fowler. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Honest Retail. We're doing another later in the week episode, a little bit shorter than usual. And then next week, uh, we are joined by guests. Uh, and I actually think the next few weeks after that, we've got guests on the show. So we'll kind of be back to our early uh, in the week schedule. CJ, Taylor, how are, how are both of you doing today? Doing great, Cam. Doing, doing nice. well. Nice, doing nice and early. Nice so and early great. for you. <laughs> yeah, right. I was joking, Taylor. I said this is CJ's punishment this early. This early. <laughs> oh, <recording>. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for, for for those listeners who are unaware, I, I managed to just sleep through the last podcast. It was it, it was it was beautiful. My phone died in the middle of the night, and I slept till like I don't know, pretty late in the day, and it was it was uh, it was gorgeous. He woke up to text from me saying like, "Are you okay? <laughs> like, we're worried about you. Where are you?" <laughs> like when I. Because my phone was was like fully dead, so when I finally plugged it in and turned it on, there were an awful lot of texts being like, "Hey, how come I haven't heard any response to my email?" Like, <laughs> well, rest assured, you are you're you're ready to go. You're rested. You're feeling good. The little guy gave us like four and a half hours for the first time last night, so I'm also feeling uh, very rested uh, and good. <laughs> so, slightly different spectrum for for the next few weeks for me still. Um, all right, since shorter episode, why don't we um, dive into products um, that kind of caught our attention? Uh, for me, actually, yesterday, uh, let me go into my phone uh, camera roll really quick. Um, it's called Something and Nothing. It's a seltzer brand. The packaging is yeah. super slick. Beautiful. I tried the Yuzu yeah. seltzer. Uh, it was like at a little like Korean lunch place I went to yesterday, and I just decided to grab it, and it was awesome. Like It was like a really good products uh i'm excited to try the other flavors um and yeah i mean the product itself like the packaging um like has pretty unique artwork on every can um so really liked it um taylor have you seen it around yeah i just had one actually yesterday at pop-up grocer i've seen them i mean they they're pretty widely distributed here in new york from what i can see and i like them too and i love i love the packaging and yeah i i think i actually tried the same flavor cam i really liked it yeah, I was like, uh, it was, I thought it was like uh, an alcoholic seltzer <laughs> at first. I was like, wait, just, I was wanting to make sure, but then I was happy that it wasn't. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty solid. I'll have to go try the other flavors um, for sure. Taylor, how about you? Um, I, I've become like a, um, a decaf coffee person recently. You could take a leave. I was already like an old maid to begin with and now I'm drinking decaf coffee. So uh, I Google like a sheep best decaf coffee. My husband has this like very expensive, you know, coffee machine. And he's like, we can't put decaf in there. So I, in true Taylor form, I'm like, what can I get that's like instant coffee? Um, there's not much, you know, outside of like a Folgers and whatever. But then I found one called Waka, W-A-K-A, Waka coffee, Waka coffee, whatever. Um, I, I have to tell you, it's probably instant coffee aside, any type of coffee aside, decaf, regular, some of the best coffee I've ever had in my life. Um, but now it was really expensive in my opinion. So I bought one, you know, a bag of the decaf coffee <clears throat> and i think with shipping and handling it was like 
about 30 bucks. So I, I don't know if I could do this all the time, but um, the company is Waka, W-A-K-A, and incredibly good instant coffee. I mean, it just takes like any type of instant coffee you've ever had, like times a thousand. So good. But my wallet needs to be mindful. But other than that, I would highly suggest I'm gonna, you I'm gonna, it. I mean, it's not by any chance like partnered with Waka Flock of Flames. That would be awesome. I mean, you could pitch it to them. I mean, I couldn't really find much on them. They're like, they're kind of, from what I see now, even if they've like raised any money ever, I don't know. It's like this, this cool participant in the Amazon affiliate part. What's their story? They do build your own instant. It's all like instant coffee. If you look at the packaging, I mean, it's very cam friendly, beautiful packaging. Um, I mean, it's a little bit expensive. I mean, so the instant coffee is like 20, yeah, twenty five ninety nine. but it's, it's really 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 good um delivered within like two days i just i i'm gonna get some of the other stuff i mean especially when you travel like the next two or three months i'm traveling all the time like i'm 100 percent buying like their regular instant coffee and the decaf to bring with me on trips i mean very cool nice yeah i was i was uh i saw you post about the other day and i was gonna be like why like i wasn't really like putting like why do you need instant coffee at home uh, but I get, I get the use case now. If, uh, if your husband's saying, listen, we're not putting this into the coffee machine. So this, uh, this or seems travel. like a good fit. Yeah. Or no, travel, travel makes sense for yeah. sure. I yeah. mean, even like at work too, like if like you don't want to spend the money out, like this definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, CJ, how about you? Um, I tried some of the, uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, the, the Bowie that you talked about recently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bowie. Yeah. It's good. I thought it was delicious um and then um i also got um got a bunch of good wipes um in in my in my first look box recently and like from a from a smell standpoint they're great you know i haven't really fully put them through the test yet but um we'll have to see oh man yeah that's uh that there those products are like pretty solid i keep seeing the uh the founders always post like a lot of good content too um but yeah no that's uh i have like one for like like a like a to-go ones for like running and stuff like just in case like worst case scenario pops up but yeah the the good wipes is a good product for sure so what what like like do, do you as a as like a dad of a newborn do you see a particularly wide use case for them you know or or, or are the ones for babies more specific um, like, is that a market that they could, they could win? Um, I'm, I'm just curious about how, like how the different occasions break out. Yeah. I mean, we use, so, I mean, we use like the, like natural scent free ones, like, um, <laughs> and so it's like, you know, um, they're pretty much like targeted just for babies, but, and like kids, but yeah, I mean, like the amount of like package wipes that like we go through for like two kids, it's like. Uh, it's quite a bit. So, I mean, I definitely think um, there's there's a huge market for it. And it's not like I'm tied to anything uh, like brand wise. It's just kind of like I buy what's there that's like checking off the boxes. Uh, my wife might have a different perspective on it because uh, it's something she's purchasing more than me. But yeah, I um like that was like I got sent the freestyle diapers and I was trying to think of the same thing. Like I was like, these work, but I don't know like... I'm trying. Yeah, I was trying to think of like what, like, do I need from these to pull me away from what I'm already buying? Um, like, if they are, if they just work, right? And so I think a lot of times, like that value proposition, when something like you're not personally using, 
and you're using for your kids and you're going through just a, an immense amount of them uh, it's it's weird what the like value proposition needs to be to pull you away from what you're already buying yeah got it and like and, and price point as well like i seem i feel like a lot of the entrants are are they're much higher priced than like well for all i know like you know kirkland or, or amazon does a pretty decent job of yeah, and I would say like, you know, kids and pets, everyone always says like those consumers, like you don't have any price sensitivity when you're buying for those things. And I think that that's, that's true for like food or snacks or, you know, things that they're like ingesting, but like for the everyday stuff where you're just like, I just got to get through it and buy, like, I think, I think that's where like the price sensitivity comes up a little bit more. Um, and that like, uh, especially like mom purchaser does become a little bit more price conscious for sure. But I think I think they have a good chance to win for um, them, and uh, Dude Wipes obviously does a really good job. I mean, I I, I I'm kind of shocked by how well Dude Wipes have have done. I've kind of always, as a rule, tried to avoid things that would just like automatically say, "Hey, I don't want half of the customers on Earth." Um, but can't, can't can say I that. can I, I chime in? I've been a wet wipe person my whole life like am i missing something like what's wrong with wet wipes like <laughs> am i maybe i'm missing the mark here but i've used good old wet wipes original smell for i i literally i don't even know like two decades can you guys fill me in just quickly on like the dude what yeah first like what's it why can't there be like i guess there are like women wipes <laughs> please don't create a business called women wipes that sounds so disgusting <laughs> all right Everything the show's about over that sounds bad. <laughs> show's over wait just one second so explain to me like why like what is it i like, think wet wipes are not set? flushable like I, I I think that they're not actually biodegradable, like and not flushable, and so they cause like a lot of issues. I think good wipes are supposed to be. If you do talk to any like plumber, they will say no wipe is actually flushable, not even the ones that say that they're flushable, and like you're what? crazy to put that like in your toilet because it will like basically like ruin it. So I think that's the big oh. value wipe is uh, value Jesus value wipe value, uh, wipe. <laughs> value prop <laughs> is is the fact that they're like 100% biodegradable and they are supposed to like go into the toilet, which like I think is a big um, value prop compared to like wet ones, which I don't think you're supposed to. Am, am I right there, CJ? Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, well, I mean, like, it's so funny because like, my mom grew up in a very old house. So like, like, like you know, we were like, beaten as children if we flushed anything down the toilet because in her mind, like pipes can't handle anything. Um, I, I, have, I have- Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, but but like I think that you know it's the same thing of asking like, well, what's wrong with just normal soap? And like, why is Doctor Squatch doing so well? Like, there's just always going to be kind of a you know an ability to say, hey, we're, we've taken these these things that have that have kind of been you know you know not properly marketed towards male consumers over time, and we'll we'll use some humor and we'll make some actual you know product advancements that that make it legitimately maybe a little bit better than. You know, uh, you know the the ones that have been on the market forever, and then boom, you've got yourself a business. Yeah, so I think they're saying like toxin and dye free, pure, uh, 99% purified Fine. HDO, hypoallergenic, Fine. flushable, pH balance, and then like different like uh, scents. So yeah, I mean it's it's the slightly more optimal, okay. right? That's a better fine. Branding. That's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. The price and like that business model has just kind of worked for a while, you know. For, for oh, a yeah. Before this, there was like you know, 
Dove Men Plus Care was like the first, you know, you know, set of of uh, you know, you know, Procter and Gamble. I don't know if Dove's Procter and Gamble or, or you, but basically them being like, oh yeah, like we haven't had like a men centric thing since you know since Old Spice, and let's go see what happens. Yeah, I think I I we always joke around about hiring like an intern for the show, but having a kid one of the things that I buy so much of and it's across so many different categories and I now that I think about it and I think the acquisition was like around 800 million like I have to kind of think it was one of the best acquisitions like in CBG history but to me like Annie's is such a fascinating like deep dive of like let's just make everything that's already on the shelf let's make it organic and slightly better for you let's like update the packaging for millennials and let's just like kill distribution. And like for me, like if I'm thinking of like the gold standard of like who just makes something like incrementally better um, and operates like in that world, like I just don't hear about Annie's as much. And I would love to like do a deeper dive on like that case study because I could just, I just find myself now as a parent, just my house is filled with Annie's products and it's so many different things. Yep. Yeah, that's a good example um cool so let's uh we've got like 15 minutes to dive the the cough drops are still not working uh we got we got 15 minutes here to dive into some topics uh the big one last week was the pepsi rebrand uh usually when these rebrands happen like the petco one back in the day like these get lambasted but this one was actually pretty positively um kind of received by the public uh i thought the packaging was really good to the point where it's like it almost hurt my eyes to like look at the old Pepsi packaging uh, from like the last 14 years because it's pretty hideous compared to kind of what they came out with and what they had in the past. I also think it's very funny like someone put a chart of like all the Pepsi iterations and like Coca-Cola's one logo that they've had forever. Um, but CJ, kind of what was your thoughts on, on the rebrand here and kind of how it was positively received? Because uh, overall, I think you know, big CPG doing something like this and it and unanimously kind of coming out positive is, is something we don't usually see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's got a nice little bit of retro in it, which is working well across all categories right now. Yeah, the uh, font's killer. Yeah, and it's really the font that drives that 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 retro and like you know Pepsi's thing and and like I mean I, I loved your description of like okay here's how Coke logo hasn't really changed at all and here's how many times Pepsi's changed, but that's just also how Pepsi as a brand works like it like yeah it has to reinvent itself all the time because it's always about the new and the young and 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 vibrancy and and coke's literally about you know always being the same and and consistency right yeah so you know i i you know what you have is folks who are on top of their game from marketing just leaning more into what what their brand is about and i I think i think they did a great job yeah the logo actually reminds me of like whenever you're in Europe and like if you ever rent a car and like you're driving around and you see like the petrol like stations or like the gas stations like that like font for some reason like I keep thinking of like European gas stations, but it's like it's I love it I love the overall look in the in the font for sure and and that's a good point where it's like it's not bad that they've had to reiterate themselves they just kind of know that that's how they differentiate themselves from Coca Cola and and there's nothing wrong with that. They kind of do it every like. 10-ish years you know i'd say this last one stayed um you know for for recent times stayed even longer because if you go i mean they started changing i think in like the 80s and that's when like the pepsi challenge came out and then from that point on i think they kind of changed 
every 10 years. Yeah. The 1998 logo, if anybody goes back and looks at it, I'll throw the link in the in the show notes, is like if Tim Burton created like a logo for a Coke, for a Pepsi company. Um, but like, yeah, the, the rest are pretty like iterative on the on the kind of the original one. Uh, Taylor, what was your thoughts on the on the rebrand? Um, I, I really like it too. I mean, I think the one, where was the one, you know, the, the sneaky, my favorite out of all the different, um, kind of varietals they have in terms of the new, the new packaging and stuff is the cherry. I mean, clearly no one's surprised. I like the wild cherry variety. That's like, obviously that's obvious as anyone can imagine, but I absolutely love the, the, I don't know. Like I like the, the new packaging overall with just like the general diet, regular zero sugar, but I really love the cherry and the zero sugar cherry packaging. It's really beautiful. I don't like the font at all for Pepsi. I it feels to me like very generic, very forgettable. But um, I love the packaging over like the new kind of creative overall. And I love specifically the ones from the cherry versions that they have. Um, then I saw even like some of like the kind of guerrilla marketing they're doing like out of home, and it's just it's really cool. It really pops. And yeah, just building your point, I was listening to. Um, a podcast that I like uh, and it was the guys from Robin Hood snacks. And they were just talking about too, just kind of building what you guys are saying. We're like, they're always, you know, going to be the one uh, between like Coke and Pepsi that does, you know, continue to iterate along the way and, you know, tweak accordingly, try new things, test things out. And this is just another example of that. And they do that obviously with like the products that they launch, but now with the packaging too. And yeah, I, I agree. I think it was really well done and I, I really like it. You know, one thing that that's kind of impressed me with Pepsi, and and this is kind of, I mean, a, a lot of what they do has to be analyzed in conjunction with with what Coke does. But Pepsi has so clearly made its zero sugar its hero skew, um, and, and like I, you know, that's pretty difficult to do when your base business probably is still maybe bigger even than your zero sugar business. But you know, but they understand the trends and. Um, and, and how that's moving forward. And, and, I, and I know that Coke has definitely, you know, pushed Coke Zero above Diet Coke, but I don't think that, you know, if you, if you could see that, you know, wherever the super secret Coke brand plan is in a safe somewhere, I don't think it would say, no, Coke Zero is now our most important skew, whereas Pepsi has clearly made that decision. Yeah, they're, um, they're like people that will go to war for Diet Coke. Like it's like uh it's like a whole trend on TikTok of people justifying that Diet Coke is fine for you. Like it's like people definitely like are religious about that. Um and it seems like that's kind of the the skew for Pepsi on their end. Oh, I have have you guys okay, I know I'm gonna sound really, really silly right now, but there's a kid who's trending on tick <laughs> judge me if you want, on TikTok called Octopussy. <laughs> and he does these like reincarnations of like when you know the just like different historical moments in time and like it being recreated in like modern day society and so yeah, he did yeah. one he did one on when when uh coke zero came out and it was like diet coke was on the line and they were like hey we're really sorry to tell you but like you know they're they're they, i think they're launching something called coke zero and he's like but wait i don't understand it doesn't make sense I am like the Diet Coke and they're like, so yes, you are, but it's slightly different. You guys have to see it. It's hilarious. It's like pretending it's like, it's like he's pretending to be Diet Coke getting a call that Coke zero is on the market and he like, doesn't understand it. It's, and then even like the Jonas brothers like duet it. It's really funny. It's really, really funny. Yeah. yeah. 
it's uh he does i think if it's the same person i'm thinking of he also like the one where he's like like pretending like the dinosaurs seen like the like the meteor for the first time and like all that stuff is very very solid for sure it, he's great he's great yeah that's him <laughs> um cool well let's jump into the next topic um cj I'm, I'm interested to get your take on this from an investment standpoint but it looks like sexual wellness is kind of like pushing into mainstream a lot more so it, uh the first sephora is launching their first brand or rolling out their first sexual wellness brand inside of stores with mod uh christina aguilera is actually came on as a uh, co-founder um for a new brand which i'm trying to find the name uh, playground uh, which actually great name for a brand um um so it looks like this space is starting to kind of push forward and become more mainstream and a little bit less taboo and a little bit less like here's an unmarked box getting delivered to your house and more here's it readily available for you to buy and purchase uh in stores so cj from an investment standpoint have you seen more of these companies come across your desk and, and what's your thoughts on on kind of more of these brands showing up in the space yeah, I um, I'm, I I know I met with the playground people at Expo, and I think I might have also met with the mod people, um, and and a couple others. Like, I, I, you know, mod makes a lot of sense if they're in Sephora. That is like, I mean, <laughs> you know, Sephora is kind of a kingmaker in that space, and they seem to have, from what I can tell in my conversations, all the same, um. Um, gross margin profiles as just kind of beauty in general so i don't you know you know it's kind of it's kind of everything that 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 i look for like growing market you know great gross margins and then like a competitive set that is as tired as can be right like trojan and uh and um gosh what's what's the what's the big lube company i'm just blanking them um ky trojan and ky are the are their competitors like i'm pretty sure they can that they can run circles around from a marketing standpoint yeah you don't see that many like i mean anymore any more categories where it's like here are the only incumbents right and it's like if you take a percentage point away from them you're probably looking at a really nice like size company and exit i mean it's it's the equivalent kind of like of any solid tam story you're telling to an investor yeah yeah so I, 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 I'm, I'm very positive on the whole thing. I mean, Target has a full section kind of now I saw like in the like health and wellness like area too. I, I wonder if like the, if we're going to start seeing not just more spaces inside of conventional retailers, but any like retailer specific stores that are just like that, that again, are less like, um, kind of like, Hey, listen, you have to go to this like areas unmarked store to go like buy any of these products. Right. Like, I wonder if we're going to see more like sexual wellness specific retailers pop up too. Um, I think it'll definitely be interesting to keep tabs on Taylor. What were your thoughts on, on kind of these brands and, and where the space is going? Yeah, I think, no, I mean, I don't really have much else that I think it's really interesting. I have seen some of these brands before and, um, actually I have a lot of female investors that I kind of liaise with and work with that this is like their primary thesis. So through them, I've, you know, been learning about this space, honestly, day to day, it's not as much. I did like, I did work on like, I think the first like remote vibrator company, we vibe fun fact many, many years ago, where it's like, if you, which is ironic because I ended up living and marrying someone who was countries apart for many years, but um, I'm not really like as, as day-to-day tied into the space, but I have heard about the products. I do know a lot of people that are interested in the space or investing in the space and specifically women-owned 
you know, venture funds that I work with. And um, one thing I will say that, that I, I, th I think would be really interesting is also just like more within like, whether it's like retail or elsewhere, just like, I don't know, just like kind of like restrat like, I guess just like different strategies around like how to categorize all this stuff, you know, like where things are placed and kind of like getting rid of like, like you said, the norms of like, oh, you have to go in this aisle. Like, I don't know. I think like this is an interesting moment in time. Like there's so many things that are out, out there that are like catering, whether it's like different people or different ailments or different like occasion bases. So we've talked about occasions before, but I think there could be kind of even a shift as to like where these types of items, like you said, are like even placed within stores and kind of taking away the taboo and, you know, if anything, you know, empowering people to, to look at these products, explore these products, ask questions around these products. Um, I think that would be pretty like revolutionary, you know, like if you don't have to like, same with like tampons or anything else, it's like, why do you have to like make it something that's so like secretive and like taboo? So um, yeah, I think it's all really cool. And again, like kind of like the strategies to where these things are placed, I think is, is actually really, really interesting to see how that'll evolve over time, hopefully as well. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like how far the Sephora's and like Altas are gonna take it, right? Because you know, if you if you go on like Mod's website, for example, like like the very like you know you know before you even go to the categories, you know basically you see you know quite a few vibrators and then you know you know you know bags of condoms and you know before you get into some of like the lubes and and some of the the gummies and other things they have where but Sephora's pretty clear that like hey we're gonna carry a scented and non-scented body wash, an organic lubricant and a massage candle. So, you, you know, you know, you know, are we going to get a pop-up with Sephora for the, for the vibrators as well? Like, you know, or is that going to, to your point, Cam, go to, to more specific pop-up stores that, that, that maybe, you know, these, these large retailers don't want to go fully into it. I'm, I'm just curious or, or is it just like, Hey, this is their toe in the water and then they're going to go further. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a huge opportunity for the retailers that do lean into it. I mean, we see, um, I mean, like at like local grocery stores and stuff like that, right? You can go and schedule appointments with like health coaches, and they'll go through your diet and routine, and and they'll help you basically grocery shop inside the store. Shop right has like a really robust program just for that. I mean, there's there's no reason to me why a Sephora and Alter or something like that can't have like a sexual and wellness coach or a couples coach or something like that. And you're setting up a time to like go through like your sex life or your relationship with your partner. And like, it's the same type of situation. And I think that that type of outlet would actually be really well received. I think, sure, you're going to get like some pushback initially. Like you'll see like people posting angry images of like that set in Target. Like, hey, Target, why am I seeing this with my kids? It's like, there's always going to be things like that. But I think, especially for Sephora and Alta, where it's like, it's very like female generated clientele, I think just lean into it and just being like, hey, listen, we're here to help, um, I think is a really good approach to it. That's interesting. Uh, Any, anything that Sephora gets behind, you know, they are, they are, you know, pretty amazing track record. 100%. Um, all right. Last uh, topic here on the Shores, um, shorter episode today. Uh, good friends um, over at um, the, our good friend who started uh, Ugly uh, Seltzers is now out with a new brand, uh, Top of the Morning. Um, so excited to see Hugh um, kind of come out with this new brand. And it's backed by an influencer who I don't know too much about. Um, do you guys know the the guy who is also kind of launching Top of the Morning with them? I think his name is Sean McLaughlin, um, or McLaughlin, and he's a YouTube star that's also launching this brand with him. 
Yeah, someone called like um, Jack Septic Eye. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know too much about the uh, I don't know too much about the influencer, but obviously I'm a big fan of what Hugh built with Ugly. I know that some things kind of, no pun intended, got a little bit ugly there towards the end with that company, um, and not necessarily reflective of of what he built there um, over those years. But I was just like when I heard it was going to be a coffee brand, um, it didn't really resonate with me. And then I saw the branding, and I was like, this branding is like basically if ugly had you know a coffee brand i mean it was killer with the animations like it was great and it's just like okay this guy's you know back on his game um back in the market and i think for me you know taylor i I wanted your thoughts on this we were just talking about coffee earlier like what were your thoughts on the branding and when you see a product like this go into a really saturated kind of competitive space like coffee do you think there's like room for another winner and like does it need to be positioned like this where it's going to really pop off the shelf uh, versus kind of the other craft kind of, um, you know, high-end bags that are usually going to be placed on the shelf in this category. I love the packaging. I love Q. I'm also super happy for them in terms of like, I love the name of the company too. Um, I think the name is really slick. I think the packaging is great. I think a lot of times, you know, it does come down to like, you know, what it looks like on the shelf and people just want things that are like visually impactful and at least they'll give it a try. Um, but I agree. Like, I think I need to do a little bit more research around like the person he's working with and also just like maybe what's unique about it. If anything, if not, then it may just be another good, you know, another good coffee on the market, but if nothing more, you know, a really strong you know team behind it, we all really love you and think he's a great leader. So he's obviously leading the helm, which is a great start. I love the packaging as said. And so I think they're in a good position to win, but would be curious to learn um, just a little bit more about the product itself and if there's anything, you know, maybe substantially different. But either way, congrats, you and team. I'm excited to, to try it out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm checking out the YouTube channel, which is if anybody heard that was it, what came on just now. But it's, I mean, he has 30 million subscribers. Uh, looks like it's really big in the video game space, which obviously, like you're talking about late nights, early mornings, things like that. So I definitely think coffee plays in this space. I think I'm surprised it's a bagged coffee versus like a ready to drink. Um, but that also might be kind of playing to Hugh's background of like understanding like how hard and expensive it is to scale a ready to drink brand. Um, so this might have been, you know, kind of his influence influence there too. So CJ, we'll we'll wrap on your thoughts here and uh um would love you to to kind of know what you're thinking. I mean, I love Hugh. I, I hope I hope he's you know taken some lessons around margins from from ugly to this um to 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 end up having a less as you put it ugly outcome on the you know on the way the brand goes and i suspect that he probably has um um other than that you know i think coffee is a really cool space to bring influencers into um we're certainly looking at a lot of stuff in in that in that space to get involved in and i think a lot of it comes down to what kind of what kind of retail partnerships do you have because that's kind of the new alliance right it's you know it's you know big influencer plus seasoned operator plus big retail alliance and those things we've now seen time and time again can get tremendous traction right out of the gate well said all right well we will be back next week uh we're gonna be joined by nate cooper uh great investor over at barrel ventures i actually did talk to hugh uh this week too i wanted to get him on the pod to t- discuss the the coffee brings i knew we were going to talk about it but he's gonna be on uh either in uh april or may so we'll get him on the podcast too thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next week